Grades, Growing Up Punk, Episode 1. Well, we're back. It's been a while. How you doing, Aaron? How was your summer and your spring and your and your new year? Because it feels like it's been since last year that we recorded, even though that's that's not true. But it's been a while. Yeah, it has been millennials, as it has <laughs> felt like, however long that is. Yeah, it's, it's good to be back. Time. Yeah. Well, before we get into today, we're gonna we're, we decided so right before we stopped recording for a stretch of time. We kind of changed what the podcast sort of was about. Not really, but just sort of, I guess, refining it a little bit. Changed the name, obviously, to Growing Up Punk. And the idea was we were going to talk about, um, you know, a lot of the stuff that we listened to as we were growing up. And then I thought, let's try, even though obviously our, um, obviously our stories aren't identical as to when we discovered bands and in what order and that sort of thing. But to try to kind of put something together where we go through... Uh, the order of kind of, you know, punk bands as we discovered them, as we heard them. Uh, so this episode is going to be kind of like episode one, sort of, in a sense, where we're going to start this, this how we're going to do this from here on out. We, we still will probably have some new music reviews in here. Like I know we've been discussing over text message uh, with, you know, our top albums of the year and stuff that we'll, we'll do an episode of that for like New Year's and whatnot. But um, yeah, we're going to talk about MXPX today. But first, I had a story to share with you because it's been so long since we, uh, since we've since we've chatted. Yeah, share a story, Father Abraham. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'm sure you re- you recall the reason we kind of the 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 podcast has been put off a little bit is because uh, I was working on my basement and stuff. So evenings were just kind of busy, right? Well, one of those evenings that I was actually this was an afternoon that I was working on my basement. I was getting like we're, we're pretty much done now i literally have one closet left to put shelves in and then it's all done nice. um but yeah i was putting trim on one night and i had to uh i was putting trim beside this door and uh i realized i'm like oh the piece of trim is just wide enough but the hinges are kind of getting in the way so i'm like i gotta i gotta clear out some some you know some space so that the the trim will go around the hinges but I don't have the appropriate tools to do that because I don't know if you know this about me or not, but regardless of me developing my basement, I am not a handy person at all, <laughs> like in the slightest. And this story will probably prove that. But so I was like, oh, I just need to clear a little bit of space. So I'm going to use a utility knife to kind of mark my spots and then sort of like um, kind of like the the closest thing I could think of was like whittling, but sort of like whittle some of the <laughs> it's just. It was just like MDF trim. I was just going to like, you know, slowly slice slice it away, right, uh, sort of deal. And so I was doing the thing that they tell you since probably like kindergarten, if not before, that you're not supposed to do. I was cutting towards myself. Oh, no. And I nearly cut part of my thumb off. <laughs> wow. So I was, yeah, so I was like kind of like cutting out the spot and then all of a sudden, and I was literally had the thoughts right before. I'm like, ah, I probably shouldn't be doing this. And then it slipped, and it was like one of those things where I was like, did I cut myself? Because when I looked at my thumb, it wasn't bleeding. But then all of a sudden, it just started, like, gushing blood. I'm like, yep, I cut myself. And, uh, yeah, so I spent the next few weeks. I, I refused to go get stitches, even though, like, had the knife gone another, you know, 
half a centimeter or so, I would have literally cut the le- like the half of my th- side of my thumb off. Yikes. Um, but I was like, I'm not going for stitches because if I go for stitches, then I'm just going to sit in you know, the emergency room waiting for hours. Yeah. And then like that's just going to waste my day to get work done. So I'm like, I'm just going to you know get it uh, get the bleeding stopped and then I'll bandage it up and then you know I'll go back to work and so. That's exactly what I did. I sat down for a bit, got the bleeding stopped, put some bandages and some polysporin on it and whatever. And, uh, you know, it was hurting. It was throbbing a little bit. And after a bit, I went back to work and it was all good. I was, you know, putting trim on, getting some work done. And then later in the evening, my wife is home and I'd like told her what happened. She's like, you should probably go get stitches. And I was like, nah, I don't really want to sit around waiting for stitches. And um, so we, we, you know, I got all the trim done in the room. And so we were getting it set up. It was a bedroom for my daughter. So we... We're building this new bed for her. And I was like literally on the last step of building this new bed. And I had to put, it was an Ikea bed. So you know how like sometimes they'll give you like plastic plugs that fit in, you know, like the holes to kind of cover where the bolts are or whatever. Yeah. I was trying to put one of those in. And of course I'm fumbling because I've only got like one hand that's fully working because I'm trying to keep my thumb out of harm's way. (laughs) And in doing so, I like slipped and like banged my thumb off of like the side of the bed. And I'm like, wow, that hurt. Like that hurt quite a bit. I'm like, whatever, shake it off, start working. And all of a sudden I look at the floor and there's like blood dripping. I'm like, oh, and I look at my hand and I just like reopen it. It's just like running down my hand. So I'm like, Lindsay, can you get me something? And so she like brings me like a small band aid. I'm like, no, <laughs> I mean like something Duct to tape. like. Yeah, to contain the blood here, right? Like it was like it was it was pretty gnarly, and uh, she's like, "You should go get stitches." I'm like, "I'm not going to get stitches." So, anyway, I never went and got stitches, and now it's basically all healed up. I definitely cut through some nerve endings because, like, where it is now, it's just feels a little like numb most of the time. <laughs> but it was, you know, it was a journey. I, I I can now say I put blood and sweat into that well, basement. There you go. So yeah, that's that's a bonus, uh, and it's almost done now. So you know what? The fact that now I'm gonna jinx myself. I'm gonna be like putting shelves in, and I'm gonna lose a finger or something. But the fact that I didn't actually lose anything, I think, is a big win. Question is, how much MXPX did you listen to while redoing the basement? That's a great question, Aaron. I'm so glad you asked. Um, I listened to a little bit. Like uh, <laughs> I, I listened to none. <laughs> I listened to none. It's actually funny because the album that I listened to probably the most when doing the basement, as far as MXPX is concerned, uh, would be "Let It Happen," oh, which is a sh- so good, a strange one. I mean, part of it's probably just because it's so long, right? Like it's it's what I think an, over an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, I think. Yeah, it's crazy long, but um. Yeah, that's probably what I listen to the most, and uh, and uh, as far as MXPX albums are concerned, and I loved it. You know, it's still as good as it was, even though it's one of those albums that's, I don't know what people think about it, because obviously that first release was done kind of, you know, without MXPX's permission, per se. I don't right. know if you know the story yeah, yeah. behind that record, but yeah. yeah. So, so speaking of MXPX, let's talk about it. Let's talk about how... You know, you first heard MXPX, what the first song was, maybe, who told you about them. Uh, because they're, for me, like a band where I've got a story. I can specifically remember the first song, where I heard it, and then how they changed my outlook on music from there. So let's go with you first. How did you first discover MXPX? Oh, 
that's that's going way back in the vault here. Um, yeah. You know, I don't even know if I can remember the the specific moment, but some of the the, the bigger ones were um, going to a, a bookstore like we usually did when we were in a city, and uh, just looking for music and mostly based just off of what the covers looked like. You know, sometimes listening to demos. And I remember seeing the cover of Teenage Politics, um, but my mom didn't like the cover of it, so she said I couldn't get it. <laughs> just so funny because she's just pretty much just basing it off of that, you know, the Poconatcha character on the front, which right. I, I don't know what about that uh, offended her. But Car- Cartoons are evil, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, so maybe she thought it oh, was... Uh, yeah, it was in the same vein or something. <laughs> Maybe funny thing, not to or to quickly interject about the Simpsons. I have a funny story where same thing. I wasn't really allowed to watch the Simpsons for for a stretch there, and I remember there was like one night where I was like, "Mom, like, can you, can we please you just let me?" She's like, "Okay, I'll watch an episode with you." And there happened to be a scene in that episode. I forget which. I want to say it was when, like, Homer was the mascot, maybe, for the Springfield Isotopes or something. But anyway, he uh, goes into, like, the boss's office of the baseball team, and he's only wearing, like, his underwear. And that was, like, that did it for my mom. She's <laughs> like, no, you're not watching this. <laughs> cartoon character probably, in underwear so inappropriate. Right, right. Cartoon character in their underwear, that's a no-go. Anyway, so your mom didn't like the artwork for Teenage Politics. And I guess I just kind of took that as, okay, whatever, I'll just find something else and I can't remember what I what I got instead um, so there was kind of little things like that you know maybe I would see something in a magazine but you know I was I don't know maybe like 11 maybe 11 12 yeah. um, and so I didn't really have any you know context of it I was like oh I just thought it was cool and actually sorry I just remembered uh, <laughs> I just remembered the first um, the first time I heard of it my <laughs> So this was probably like grade like six. I might have even been like 10 or something. Right. And right. I had a f- some friends come over for a sleepover and they had MXPX on the cover. So I think that that was their second okay. release, I think, after Poconaccia that came out. So that was, right. yeah, that was before Teenage Politics, I think. Yeah, was, I'm trying to figure out. It was, it was, that was definitely all right around the same time. Yeah. I want to say on the cover was after Teenage Politics, but. Okay. Like, I, I, I'm pretty sure I was still in elementary school, maybe in grade seven. And so, right. yeah, I mean, the cover stood out. They just looked so cool on there. And, right. I mean, I had no idea what cover songs were. I had never heard of any of those songs before. <laughs> you just assumed they were all theirs. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, cover EP, okay, like, sure, sounds good. And so I remember, like, dubbing it onto a tape for myself, even though my brother was like, I don't think mom's gonna, mom and dad are going to like you listening to this. I was like, right. oh, whatever. These these are good friends, and and uh, if their parents let them have it, then it should be good for me. And uh, yeah, so I remember loving that, but kind of thinking like, okay, some of these songs, you know, because there's a few songs in there that are you know more kind of straight up punk or whatever, and then a few that are kind of you know more goofy and gimmicky or whatever. And so right. I remember thinking like, okay, this is a little weird. I don't necessarily like love all the songs, but I just thought it was so cool because it was something new and different and so anyways so that's kind of so there's a few things like that where i'd seen the name and heard of it and then i saw you know teenage politics at the store and um so i think eventually um my brother or a friend got life in general uh, so that was the one after teenage politics yeah and i think by that point i was kind of listening to whatever my parents had kind of stopped 
kind of really paying too much attention to what I was listening to. Um, I mean, and that album just changed my life. Like that was just the craziest thing I could ever imagine. And still is my all time favorite album to this day. And so that's kind of, you know, some of those earlier memories and, you know, and just kind of starting to starting to see their name more often, you know, I'd randomly open, you know, a Thrasher magazine and there'd be an ad for that album or an interview or something. And I just remember thinking like, man, like this is so cool. Like this band is like different places than I would have thought, you know, still trying to, you know, not having access, you know, to the internet and a lot of things. So it was just kind of randomly like, oh, like I didn't know MXPX was this or that or whatever. And then it just kind of, you know, snowballed from there with various things and when we did get dial up or you know internet at school in high school you know i'd i'd go and i'd print off every picture they had posted and put them all over my walls in my room and i totally had a uh like a bulletin board that was covered in pictures of mxpx along with like my ticket stub from when i first saw them live yeah (laughs) like I, i think about that now and i go man like that was such like straight up like when you think about especially in the 90s like that stereotypical like teenage girl right where they got the pictures of all their favorite you know actor boys and boy bands all over the wall i'm like we essentially did the same thing except i like (laughs) printed them off because they weren't in all you know every magazine and whatnot and i still like put them up on a bullet i had my mxpx shrine i wanted to say though as far as like when the albums were released so Poconaccio was October 4th, 1994. Teenage Politics, this is crazy, was July 4th, 1995. Oh, okay. So like that's only like not even a year later. And then on the cover was released on uh, November 28th, 1995. Oh, okay. Before the, and then finally um, Life in General, November 19th, 1996. So mm. within just over two years they released four different albums. Yeah, wow. <laughs> like, that is insane when you think about it. But um, my, like, I, I don't I don't have, like, that specific, like, moment where I can think of, you know, putting it on and hearing the song for the first time or hearing that band for the first time. But for sure, the song was Teenage Politics, and it was on a sampler that my sister had. Like Seltzer uh, or something? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was on Seltzer, which is kind of interesting because Seltzer was put out by Forefront Records, if I remember correctly. And, uh, of course, MXPX was on Tooth and Nail. So what they were doing on there, I don't know. But they were uh, on there alongside, like, I think, like, Audio Adrenaline was on yeah. there. Um, I think it was oh, just, like, a Christian bookstore, like, get to know some new bands or something. Right. Now I'm curious to see what was all on there because that was the one song that for sure like stuck out for me. Oh, that for Bleach sure, may yeah. have been on there though, which is which is a win. Okay, so I, I think I have the track list. Okay, so this is the track listing for Seltzer. Uh Newsboys, Jars of Clay, Poor Old Lou, so there okay, we do have some tooth and nail. Poor old Lou, Plank Eye, that's right, Audio Adrenaline, Third Day, DC Talk, PFR. Johnny Q Public, MXPX, Grandma Train. That was another good one. Yeah. Holy Soldier. Don't remember them. OC Supertones, The Choir, and Big Tent Revival. So mm. um, who released it? Yeah, it was on Forefront, but it's literally, it looks like it's like Forefront slash Tooth and Nail, which is funny. Um, but yeah, so it was that that sampler, and I don't remember, you know, how, like my sister probably saw it at a Christian bookstore and bought it, or if it came with something, I don't know. But I remember hearing that song and being like, oh, what is what is this? And so naturally I went out and I bought Teenage Politics. And from there, 
uh, it was just like a thing where I'm like, I needed to buy. My goal then was every available MXPX album. So at that point, by the time I got Teenage Politics, Life in General was out, but it was definitely before um, Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo. But yeah, so it was like this whole thing where I'm like, and from there, it was all about taking in you know every word that i could knowing all the song titles reading all the liner notes to find out the bands they thanked i was thinking about this before recording i was like mxpx i could probably trace every band for me not every band but definitely every punk pop punk you know that kind of band yeah back to mxpx because i would just like pour through their liner notes and I would just be like, who are they thanking? What are, what are these bands that they're thanking? And then you just have to. And nowadays, you know, if that was still a thing, I don't know that bands really thank other bands in their liner notes yeah, these days because I don't know the last time I bought a physical CD necessarily. But but now it would be so easy to go find that music, right? Yeah. Whereas back then, you'd be like going through and be like, oh, who's... And I remember, I'm pretty sure on Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo, they thanked A Newfound Glory. <laughs> and which is the original name for newfound glory before they dropped the uh right but but like i to like discover what that was you'd either have to have a friend who had it or this was in the like the infancy of like napster um so like i can remember like people at my school would you know would be like oh you want a cd you want anything you want on cd you give me five bucks and i can make it oh, for man, you. i had to pay 10 yeah i was like some were probably 10 um but but or you'd have to go out and buy it yourself, right? So, um, but most of the bands that I went and discovered after you know reading their name in the MXPX liners, I ended up enjoying, right? Like there was there was never really I can't think of one where I was like, well, that was a downer. But um, yeah, I, that's that's the, it's crazy for me when I think of a band that laid it all out for me into like that determined what I would listen to throughout the rest of my life. Yeah. Well, not even just like band wise, but even like clothing wise. I mean, I got my lip pierced because Mike had a lip piercing. I wanted to get right. tattoos because he was tattooed. Like, I based like my whole identity on that band pretty much, and in yeah. some ways yeah. still do. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. So it's, no, that's yeah. that's fair. Like, I mean, I was for sure buying Dickie's pants, and you know, looking for random like black thrift store t-shirts oh man that was Uh, a dream yeah because of you know like the the pictures in you know like um uh the ever passing moment or you know like stuff like that or cutting my hair because tom cut his hair this way you know and the slowly going the way the buffalo pictures yeah yeah like totally like they were one of those bands it's funny when you mention and i think i probably mentioned this in our long lost uh, slick shoes episode, which is that what I re up? No, I didn't re upload that one. I'm gonna have to though. I do have that, the slick shoes episode um, before the the great uh, server, <laughs> the great decline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. Um, before the downfall of our Western server. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> trying to make that an MXPX reference, but um, yeah, no, it, it, slick shoes. You, you talk about like getting piercings, like on the wake up screaming pictures for slick shoes i noticed thing is like ryan the singer had um like f- his ears pierced like four times he had two like hoops oh, in yeah. each ear yeah and i was like i gotta do that so i immediately went out and like got four piercings at once bang 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 but i never made it to the hoops because anytime i tried to put those like that style in that he was wearing I'm like oh it hurts yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i yeah. just had studs studs for years but uh now i just got nothing i took them out and they're no longer there but um yeah, no, totally like that. But I, I, 
I mean, that's it's that's probably still a thing for music, but for sure, like they were they were definitely one of those bands like in the pop punk in the punk rock scene where I like I looked at and was like, I need to I need to wear Chuck Taylor shoes, oh you yes, know, Converse yep. Chucks, and stuff like it was, it was down to a T. But um, them and Blink for sure. But uh, I found that Blink almost always wore shorts and MXPX almost always wore pants. <laughs> that's the difference. I don't know if I ever picked up on that. <laughs> that's the difference being from Southern California versus being from the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you wear Dickie's pants when you're from the Pacific Northwest and you wear Dickie's shorts when you're from Southern California. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So as far as like music was concerned, so did you like when I know you've seen them live, but when was that first time? that you got to see them live because they, for me, they were one of the first bands for sure. Like a, a real show, legit show that I went to. Yeah. That might've even been my first. I had been to a few others at like youth conferences, like still cool punk bands, but MXPX was the first time, you know, I was in just a regular venue. Uh, I was right. in Winnipeg. Uh, that would have been in, um, Oh, maybe 97. Was that right after Buffalo came out or maybe right before? Uh, Yeah, because Buffalo, I think, came out in 98, I want to say. Okay. Yeah, like that was with No Motive and Too Bad Eugene. I guess I could... Yeah, okay. So it was the same tour then that I saw them on. And I want to say that was 98 or 99. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe it was later later on. Yeah. Um, Yeah, because it was also... You know what it was also after? Because Slowly Going the Way the Buffalo came out in 98, but that tour was after the release of at the show which was 99 uh, okay okay because i remember being so pumped for the the bit where um you know he goes like at the show right, right. You know, the whole yeah, crowd yeah. sings it and uh because yeah that was on that was on uh at the show <laughs> yeah and uh yeah so i i want to say i'm pretty sure it was after that okay yeah i want to say yeah, I want to say I saw them in November of 99, something along that, those lines. Yeah, I remember it being cold, so... But yeah, I mean, that was yeah. like... So yeah, I would have been, you know, 13, I guess, and I went with my brother and one of his friends. And I remember it just being, like, so stoked that my parents allowed me to go, and and it was amazing. Like, I, I met Mike after and got my CD signed and got a picture with him. Nice. And it was kind of my first, like, you know, almost celebrity, right? Because, you know, by that point, it had been a few years and seeing them in magazines and stuff, and it just felt so crazy to to actually be seeing them. And, I mean, they were just as awesome and cool and in person as I had expected. And, yeah, it was just, it was such a great experience. Yeah. So I'm just reading some random blog post. I was trying to figure out when it was. And uh, this guy says, no motive open for MXPX in Eugene, Oregon in 2000. So um, uh, it was sometime. in the 90s still. Well, pos- yeah, I was yeah. to say it's it's possible that, like I said, I think it may have been November of 99, but maybe it was a little bit later. I don't know. But that was that was definitely the first time um, I saw them as well was on that tour. And that tour, actually, it's interesting because like no motive, that was, that's a band that's an opener that made me convinced me. I'm like, don't, don't miss openers. Um, (laughs) because like, I mean, too bad Eugene, I didn't really take a whole lot away. I was familiar with them obviously in their, uh, music and connection with this, the scene anyway, but like no motive I'd never heard. Right. And I went and saw them and I went out and like, I, I think the only thing I bought from that show merch wise was a no motive and the sadness prevails CD, mm. which is turning 25 this year, I might say. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, we're getting old. <laughs> yeah, I feel but, that. 
Yeah, but that that is it turning 20 or maybe it's turning 20. 20, 20 would 20? make more sense. Yeah. 1999. Right, it yeah. wasn't released in 1994. <laughs> 20. It's turning 20 years old this year. Um, but uh, yeah, no, that was that was for sure the first time that I saw them and uh, MXPX. That is, and absolutely like I could just remember being so stoked front of the front of the show. Uh, I was standing over on like looking, you know, I was on the left hand side. So like right in front of like Tom, because being a guitar player, I was like, this is where I need to be. And yeah. And, and my ears coming out of that show, that being the first time I kind of experienced that, oh, I should have worn earplugs mm. sort of vibe. <laughs> oh, I can't remember those specific things like that. I do remember yeah. feeling too intimidated to kind of push my way closer Cause, so right. I had a, a camera, which would have been, you know, like a disposable camera back, or maybe like a film camera yeah. or something. And yeah. I mean, all my pictures are just kind of like heads, and you can kind of see the guys <laughs> in the background. But yeah, yeah, I was definitely too too intimidated yeah. to kind of make my way a bit closer. Yeah, I made my way up close enough to where there was a part where like Tom was playing, and he kind of like stood on like foot on the stage, foot on the barricade. I'm trying to think if there even was a barricade. But I was like able to reach up and like touch his guitar, <laughs> like that. So I was like, I was right up there, and uh, it wasn't like in the pit because I was off to the side. But you know, you you kind of get caught in like the waves of motion that kind of happen when you're up towards the front as someone gets pushed, and it like creates a ripple effect. But um, yeah, and then they're a band that like I just kind of followed and have seen a number of times. I don't know if they're a band that I've seen the most, but they're definitely the band that I've traveled the farthest to see. Mm. Uh, because uh, like a number of years ago, drove down from Edmonton to Seattle to go see them uh, when Five Iron Frenzy was opening up for them. Yeah. And to be honest, like that trip was like, oh, when am I going to get to see Five Iron Frenzy again? And uh, so, you know, it was like, let's go see Five Iron Frenzy and MXPX. And I mean, MXPX still stole the show. They were the only band that I ended up going into the pit and towards the front for, right? Because they they are the band for me. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. And I, I like I still I don't know about you, but I still will purchase their music to support them, even if like, you know, like their as their albums went on through the years, they aren't necessarily my favorite albums. Like when I look at MXPX, I really look I mean, specifically, if you want to talk about all around albums like life in general, slowly going the way of the Buffalo and then the ever passing moment like that trio of albums are all incredible. I'll still go back and listen to Teenage Politics and obviously this summer and whatnot i was listening to let it happen at times and then kind of from there i sort of lose them for a little bit like with um was it before everything and after and panic and stuff like that like uh they i still bought them to support them but didn't really listen to them too much and then i felt like with plans within plans they kind of came back a little bit for me and i uh jumped back on board again yeah, I think I yeah I definitely still kept up with all their albums. I still remember going to the store and buying. I'm pretty sure every one of their CDs, you know, when it came out, even up until yeah. Plans Within Plans, and then uh, the latest one. Uh, you know, I backed it, so I got a download of yeah. it, and I didn't get a physical copy of that one. Um, but yeah, even when I kind of got more out of punk into heavier things. They were still a band that always got me excited. I always liked their albums. Like, you know, maybe later on now, if I go back and, you know, because it's just more information and listen to more podcasts, people talking about 
talking yeah. about things. And so then when I've gotten back and listened, I've been like, oh, okay, maybe certain albums or songs maybe weren't what I thought or remembered. Um, but overall, there's not really any album of theirs I couldn't just put on and fully enjoy and know all the lyrics to. Um, there's not really any, you know, I definitely have friends that, you know, just would say, oh, I, I hated that album by them or, you know, maybe they changed their sound on one and they just disliked it and that kind of stuff just never bothered me. I, I kind of just grew with them and yeah. and enjoyed everything they put out. I think like as far as those couple of albums where like, I mean, where I kind of lost touch a little bit, there were still songs on there that were good. There was just like, I feel like for a band because they, they kind of slowed down a little bit, which I'm not necessarily against like for those few albums, but I just felt like as far as like the production and was concerned like it just felt like it was missing things to me and and i don't know if it was like specifically like sometimes i listen to it and i go oh, i wish yuri did a little more on the drums on those songs right. like kind of slow down a bit or you know like tom wrote you know had a little a few extra guitar parts but the, the reality about mxpx is they've never been that right like they've always been like that straight ahead punk band you know when you look at like obviously like a, a big band that they would have definitely toured with played shows with whatnot, like being blink, like blink was riff heavy, right? Like Tom DeLong yeah. wrote like really great riffs and they would build songs around that. MXPX never really did that. There'd be the odd song where they might have a riff, but for the most part, it was all about, you know, just getting in there and getting business done and, you know, uh, and, and having that raw energy that they did have. And so when they kind of like, cleaned the production up and slowed down a little bit that's where i was like uh, it, it didn't translate as well for me but with plans within plans i felt like they kind of were bringing back a bit of that edge um mm, getting a little yeah. faster and whatnot and then even yeah like their latest album i backed it and uh you know i i got a vinyl copy and whatnot and i i enjoy it i like that there are definitely some there's like uh, kind of some fan service done on some songs and just some head nods here and there. And you can kind of hear songs where I'm like, oh, this sounds like it could be on Teenage Politics. Oh, this sounds like it could be on, you know, um, The Ever Passing Moment. And you can kind of hear these bits here and there. And I do enjoy, I still think I like Plans Within Plans better. Um, mm. But, you know, it's, I love what MXPX has done in recent years as far as going, look, We've got our fan base that we know, and that fan base is dedicated to us, so let's cater to that fan base. Right. Yeah, I feel right? like on you know, on all their albums, even the ones that, you know, maybe progressed a bit differently sound wise, they still always had the, you know, kind of classic sounding songs. They never just kinda, you know, pulled a like a Green Day and just released, you know, like when Warning came out by Green Day or even, you know, some of the later stuff that it's like, right. okay, this just doesn't even really sound like them anymore. You know, yeah. I, I'm so so glad they never went that route. Maybe they wanted to or thought about it, but I, I love that they're a band that's been going for 25 plus years that still sounds like the band that everyone yeah. has known to, to come and love. And so I hope yeah. they just kind of keep, you know, keep that up. You know, he did, you know, Tumble Down or or whatever, side right. projects to do that kind of stuff. And so I always kind of appreciated that about them, that they kind of stuck to their sound, you know, evolve here and there and try different things, but, you know, kind of stick to what made them famous. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring up Green Day um, because I think on Plans Within Plans, I think the punk rock celebrity kind of reminds me of a song that could fit on, like as far as the sound is concerned, 
on like American Idiot or something because it's kind of this bigger, longer song. I don't even know how long it is, but it kind of has different parts where it changes. But right. um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I'd agree with you in saying like they've definitely like maintained that sound. And now, now you know, like doing they don't necessarily do full tours. They might do like small things or most of it's like weekend sort of stuff. And just like knowing that, like that's that's great. Like the last time I saw them was just a couple summers ago. And I think you were at one of the shows or both of the shows. Oh, yeah, but was at both, yeah. Yeah, in Calgary. I just went to one, but uh, it was like totally this thing where I was like, this is awesome. Like I never expected that to be on their list of dates that they would do, yeah. right? Like I assumed when I went and saw them in Seattle, like, like that's kind of going to be the closest they get. Um, but they came up to Calgary and I was like, man, this is, it's so good. And the fact that like, that's how they do things now, right? They're like, okay, we know we can go and we can play these clubs. We can sell them out and we'll do, you know, a weekend here, weekend there, maybe a couple extra dates. Uh, cause I think, did they not, I want to say they went over to Australia or something recently. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I can't quite remember yeah. what it was, but. And just, yeah, and, like, the way they, yeah, just catering kind of to their fans in that regard. Not, like, I feel like they're at a point in their careers where they're like, we don't need to go and make new fans and sell all these records, like, and tour the world to try to, like, do that, to accomplish that. They're like, yep, we got some songs. Let's put out a record, and, you know, we'll see if we got our, if our, if our fans will back us in that. And it's just, I just think it's great. Like, um because they'll always have that audience, you know? Like, even if you're not a big fan of the last couple records, guaranteed, if you're a fan of MXPX, you were singing along every word to a couple of their records earlier on, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, with that, let's talk about your favorite record, your favorite MXPX record, and then favorite MXPX song, if you can narrow it down. Yeah, well, it's definitely life in general. Um you know, that's, that's the one I can put on pretty much any time, no matter what, and it just brings joy to me. It's got the most nostalgia to it. It's just as soon as it starts, you know, the sound of the album and the songs and, um, yeah, just everything about that album is just a perfect album for me. Um, even, like, the cover art by, you know, for sure one of my all-time favorite covered arts, and, and that was the thing, too, and, you know, art back then. Like, that was, you know, now now it's still a thing, but it's not as as right, focused as on and so i just yeah. remember seeing that and thinking like man like this is so cool like if my friends saw this they would want to know who this band is and um yeah so definitely that album as for favorite song uh i don't know if i could if i could pinpoint that and you know with a band like mxpx like so many of their songs are or i guess with any kind of punk band you know so many songs are similar right it's all fast sure, catchy yeah, yeah. you know chunky guitars so there's not necessarily one that stands out from others. There'd be yeah, too many, too many to name on that. Um, right. Yeah, for sure. Life in general would would be that album for me. Yeah, I think like for me, favorite album is slowly going the way of the buffalo. Um, I just loved how it seemed like they 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 grew up some. Yeah. You know, like from from the album before to that, and I know they went through some stuff contractually and whatnot. Now. As far as like favorite song, it is a little trickier because I think for the most part, my favorite song is probably Doing Time. If not that, then uh, Set the Record Straight oh, so off good. of Slowly Going the Way of the Book. I always just loved how it started with like the unplugged electric yeah, guitar, I love right? That. I was like, that's pretty sweet. And then Inches from Life is also pretty great off of uh, Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo as well. But that, that is definitely part of it could be because like Buffalo was the first album 
that I was around for, like as far as an MXPX fan is concerned, that I got to like buy when it came out, right? right like I got yeah. to look forward to that. And then so like you bought it and I just like listened to it nonstop and it immediately put everything else on the back burner. Life in general is definitely, I would say, number two for me uh, because they're, they are pretty similar as far as like the pace of the record and the sound of the record. Buffalo's a little rawer in sound uh, to, to life in general, but they're both definitely like staples of that time, like that early sort of pop punk thing, you know, like Blink-182, Dude Ranch sort of era before like the explosion of pop punk, right? Which yeah. I mean, they were they were a part of as well, obviously, like with the song Responsibility and whatnot. Like they, they definitely got some uh, radio play out of that on uh, the ever-passing moment. But just like where everything was still like so pure and so raw and, you know, like they Buffalo came out shortly before or I guess a little bit before Enema of the State because Enema of the State was... 99 i think uh so i mean like that's kind of when i see like things really sort of took off for that the pop punk world but yeah buffalo buffalo is the one that i can definitely go back to and sing along to every song word for word what's cool about that album is you know i with just being a music fan and trying to figure things out you know, I just always assumed if I heard a band's album that the next one would just sound exactly the same. And so I remember right. specifically with Buffalo, starting with the cover art, kind of thinking like, okay, this looks quite a bit different than than life in general. And it didn't, you know, get me as excited. And so, but then I remember hearing it and just thinking like, okay, this is still MXPX. I love it. But there was a bit, it was a bit different. It wasn't just straight, fast songs, the whole album, like life in general was. And so I remember just kind of that album helping me grow in understanding, you know, what it means to be a musician and an artist and just kind of evolving a bit and changing. Still the same band, um, but having a bit more dynamic on an album. And so I remember yeah. thinking that was really cool and just it was cool to have albums to kind of, you know, help me through that. I didn't really have an older person to kind of be like, hey, this is how music works or whatever, right? And so... Yeah. That's, yeah. I have I have good memories of, of listening to that and just kind of having those thoughts going around in my head and, and just kind of helping me grow to understand what what a band was. Yeah, like um, MXPX was a band, uh, for sure that, kind of changed from one album to the next, right? Like you could you could kind of differentiate if you put an album on, that you go, oh well, that came from a different album than this song, right? And whatnot, yeah. right? Like. Yeah. Part of that was definitely production. Like, it wasn't like they were super progressive in their sound. But I did always appreciate that about MXPX. It's like, oh, yeah, you could put a song on, and immediately I might not be familiar with the song necessarily right off the top, but like, oh, that, that's off of the ever-passing moment. Or, yeah. oh, that's off of this album or this album, right? Um, so, yeah, that's uh, they definitely held that. Uh, but, yeah, no, for me, MXPX will always be the band. I credit them all the time for me being into music as much as I am because they were that first band where I was like, oh, I got to figure out what all these lyrics are, who they're thanking, you know, who all these other bands are and whatnot. So, um, you know, whether or not they continue releasing music that I love as much as the early stuff, uh, I will still always continue to support them because I feel like, yeah, that's it's the least I can do for them getting me into music to the, you know, the way that I am. Yeah, and they were also the first band that I ever got band merch from. You know, that was the first time I ever ordered merch online, and it took, it seemed like, six months to get 
my stuff in the mail and you know I was on their on their fan club getting newsletters and you know in high school I had so many of their shirts I probably wore a different MXPX shirt every day there was a right. there's a few different people that would kind of poke fun at me and just be like you know what's mix picks or yeah yeah <laughs> you know they just they had no context of what a band shirt even was but right I just remember being so proud to you know to wear them for my school pictures and I just yeah loved kind of having them with me all the time they were definitely up there as far as that's concerned for me as well like first band merch although the only I can only think of I think one MXPX shirt that I owned and I actually bought it from HMV of all places nice yeah it was for sale in HMV and it was it was way too big for me <laughs> but I still wore it that and I bought a blink shirt from HMV as well that I definitely wore in a school picture I can picture it right now off the top of my head but anyway that is going to do it uh, for this episode of Growing Up Punk. Hopefully we're back to more regular episodes because, like I said, life is hopefully, you know, evening out a little bit, not quite so busy. But you can follow us uh, on Instagram. Uh, I'm on Instagram and Twitter with at David Growing Up. And then Aaron, I know you're on Instagram at Aaron Grew Up Punk. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. I, I see it's been so long I forget. But anyway, wherever you're listening to this, you can, uh, you know, you can find it everywhere basically you can find us now on uh apple Podcasts, on google play on spotify that's new from back in the day uh youtube all that kind of stuff wherever you're listening make sure you subscribe tell your friends help us spread the word about growing up punk but that'll do it so goodbye see ya (laughs) 